So what is there really to worry about in America? The presidential election? Racial tensions? The threats of terrorism and public violence? Okay, well maybe the big picture isn't where we should be looking right now. Let's set that aside and look closer to home. What could cause anxiety there? Diseases like Zika or cancer? Figuring out what activities you need to get into the right college or keeping your grades up so that you can get there regardless? Giving up time with your family in order to earn overtime to pay for your home, your car? Ha! It's pretty safe to say that our world suffers an abundance of anxiety, high anxiety even. At some point or another, we all feel it, maybe in different ways. And sometimes it can seem overwhelming, like you're drowning in a flood of fears and concerns about what is going to be happening next. Even thinking about anxiety and worry can start to get me on edge. So if anxiety and worry don't sound like fun, there's a reason for it. They both seek to destroy hope. Worry is getting caught up in anxiety, uncertainty, usually about things that are outside of your control. So in a culture in this time and place that says you should be in control, you should be the one who is charting your own course and destiny, that leaves us with a whole bunch of stuff about which, about which we should worry. Now, I've heard it said that worry is strength stolen from today that does nothing to improve tomorrow. And I think that's a pretty good way of putting it, a fair description for thinking and living that encourages you to seek your hope in things that don't really have any hope to offer. To put it another way, anxiety and worry try to turn your attention away from God, the loving creator who knows your needs, the God who cares about your future. In our reading from Luke today, Jesus speaks to our human tendency to worry, to be anxious. Now to clarify a bit here, some people do suffer from a medical condition of generalized anxiety disorder, but that is not the focus here. This is a more specific problem, one that applies to each and every one of us. Jesus is addressing our human inclination to look to anything other than God for our lasting hope. Now Jesus isn't saying, don't worry, be happy. Quite the contrary. Some people point to this text to say that God will give you anything that you want. Now that misleading teaching not only misses the point of what Jesus is saying here, it reinforces the underlying problem behind our worries. We're tempted to use distractions to cover our anxiety, thinking that if it will give us even a fleeting hope for the future, it's a good thing. Now, as in Jesus' time, those distractions could be food, clothing, but we have so many more options today. 
you could try to bury your worries under the shopping mall, under the entertainment center or your computer, under your workplace. They're all out there, hoping that you will tell yourself, if only I had this, then would all be good. But really, none of those options are ever enough. At best, they can only address the symptoms of our worry, of our anxiety. God alone deals with the causes of worry and anxiety. Uncertainty. Now you can look to and depend on your Heavenly Father instead of having to rely on your own strengths and abilities and your weaknesses. God certainly cares for you. When we pray that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, the one that we read just a short few weeks ago in Luke chapter 11, the prayer we know is the Lord's Prayer, we ask our Father for daily bread. And God provides it. He provides what you need for body and life going from day to day. And worry and anxiety would have you forget that. They would have you give yourself over to uncertainty. But in this way, in this day, in this week, in this year, in this decade, God provides and cares. So here's a certainty from Jesus today that overcomes worry and triumphs against anxiety. You, you are of the kingdom. And that is why you don't have to fear the future. Jesus is talking to his disciples in today's text, not the crowds as he did last week. He's teaching the people who were already following him. He's teaching you and me. So as Jesus unpacks that parable of the rich fool that we heard here last week, or if you're like me, you read it as the parable of the average American, Jesus calls us to consider where we put our hope for the future. Do we cling to stuff like the rich fool because we are secretly worried, we are secretly fearful that God's grace isn't enough to take care of things? Well, on the cross, Jesus took care of the most important thing. He restored our broken relationship with our Creator, the relationship that was broken by our fear, by our doubt about the future. He reconnected us with our loving Father in heaven who gladly provides for all of our needs of body and soul, whose will it is to make us a part of his kingdom. Everything else in this life is added out of the abundance of God's grace. God knows your needs. Even as he knows the needs of the birds of the air or the lilies of the field, he knows your needs even better than you do. And thanks be to God for that. So teaching his disciples, Jesus gives us imperatives for moving out from the parable of the rich fool. Consider, he says, how your father cares and provides for you and his creation. God is working in so many ways, so many fashions that are so beyond our control 
from day to day that we can't even comprehend it. If you're looking for a sign of God's abiding care, look to that. Reflect on it. But more than that, focus on the reality of God's kingdom which has broken into the world and broken into your life through the person of Jesus Christ. Because through him, you are a part of the kingdom. By God's grace, you are a part of Jesus' mission to bring that kingdom into the lives of your neighbors. If your certainty comes from Christ, well, then it makes sense that you should put to use what you've been given. Selling your possessions, giving to the needy, then is simply a sign that you are a servant of the one who has set before you the treasures of heaven. And the greatest of those treasures is that you are made complete, that you are filled up in Jesus. And you get to share that fullness. You get to share that hope with the world around you. Because yes, we do live in a world of anxiety and uncertainty. But as Jesus' disciples, we get to minister to that world through prayer. Pray for your neighbor against anxiety, against worry, against that uncertainty which seeks to destroy their hope for the future. Pray with them out loud and offer to our Lord in prayer those things which are burdening and weighing them down. Remember them because God cares for his creation. He cares for your neighbor specifically. Pray for the world around us that it may leave behind high anxiety for the peace that comes through Christ. There is an abundance of anxiety in the world around us today. But God's grace in Christ is even more abundant still. So have no fear, little flock. Because in Christ, you have the kingdom. And in Christ, you have hope. Amen.